Hello, my name is Amichuki Mwangi. I come from Nairobi, Kenya, and I am the Regional Development Manager for the Internet Society. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thank you. Now, there are some interesting things happening on the internet, to say the least. Um, exciting things, but equally worrying things. And I'd like us to start with you perhaps separating for us in terms of hype and reality, what you'd consider the most promising things or the most promising trends you're observing in terms of what the internet is yielding uh, on the continent and its potential uh, versus you know, a lot of the stuff I see, especially when I travel abroad in, in think pieces and in, in the media there, uh, promoting so sometimes in well-meaning, well-meaning uh, attempts to sort of promote all the flashy things happening on the continent, but perhaps not uh, adequately rooted in reality. So separate for us hype versus reality in the context of the internet and its promise. So um, at the Internet Society, uh, we had an event where we were uh, recognizing and awarding 25 uh, individuals from around the world who are under the age of 25 uh, in, in commemoration of our 25th year anniversary. And these individuals have actually been doing something um, at their community or national level with respect to the internet and actually having some form of impact uh, by using technology and the internet. And uh, from this, one of the things which was quite interesting was to see how these young people under the age of 25 have actually been able to impact their respective communities. Of those 25, eight of them are from Africa. And uh, we have these individuals like a young man from Cameroon who's using uh, technology and the internet to help predict and prevent road accidents from happening in his community and is now partnering with the government uh, to, to see how this can be deployed at a national level. If you think about it, accidents, um, road accidents, uh, motorized um, accidents do uh, you know, uh, constitute a large percentage of the deaths that uh, uh, take place or, you know, in, in, in Africa. In Kenya, for instance, it's over 3,000 people die a year from road accidents. So imagine someone at, under the age of 25 is actually in a position to come up with a solution that can help mitigate the number of accidents and deaths that um, occur on our roads. So to me, this is really um, uh, important for us to understand this from a bigger point of view. Uh, the internet uptake uh, and penetration in Africa is, is slightly over 20%, which means majority of the people in Africa don't have access to the internet or are trying to get access to the internet. W with that limited uptake, it means that our use in terms of solutions is still at the developmental stage, but it's good to see that people are actually thinking about it. So we may not have grand solutions, you know, that we've seen like Facebook and Twitters of the world, but we are having macro solutions which are actually impacting people at a small community level, at a small ecosystem level. And as more uptake comes on, we'll start seeing solutions that will now start to have a sub-regional and a continental type of impact. And so this is the positive thing to see, that we have small, effective solutions which are geared towards a small community or a small market. But as more and more people get online, use technology, adopt technology, more people, you know, young children who have been exposed to technology, we will start seeing larger and more 
bigger solutions that will be taken up by the community in, in Africa. Speak to the formative mindset that drives your organization in terms of defining impact and, and also in terms of you know, formulating key performance areas or evaluating your efficacy um, and perhaps do this with a view to suggesting what sort of mindset um, other organizations, whether they be in the NPO space like you guys or, you know, in the commercial space, perhaps even individual citizens of the continent, what sort of uh, uh, mindset we ought to adopt in terms of holding ourselves to account uh, regarding the progress we're making? So the, the way we need to look at this is from a community-based approach, meaning that um, the goal here is to develop communities that have the skill sets and the capabilities to make use of this internet. Organizations like the Internet Society are sort of you know trying to champion the uptake of a resource but we really don't have the solutions of how they will use that resource the solutions will lie within that community so the question and the approach we need to be uh, uh, taking uh, is that how do we really nurture communities that are able to you know um, empower themselves so that they can determine their own future and that's really the success factor if we were to measure ourselves, is how well were we able to uh, create communities that were able to determine their own futures by using the internet as a resource. And I imagine that requires taking a long view relative to what's really popular in, in terms of how you know, corporate interests uh, prefer to evaluate success. I suppose that we need to have a mindset change in terms of thinking 10, 20, 30 years out as opposed to maybe two, three, four, maybe five years. Yes, and uh, Africa is a large continent. And if you think about it at various levels of development, so um, what may work here in South Africa may not necessarily work in a country like Chad or Somalia, which are just coming through you know, some uh, internal struggles. So the question is then, how do you lay out a plan where that the success of South Africa or other markets that are slightly more developed trickles into other countries that have been struggling. And when you build a community, the community means that the people who have a share a common interest are able to take this initiative and carry it on forward well beyond the existence of those organizations that actually brought this initiative to the table. And so the goal here is build a community. The community will help raise the tide. They will help advance the development for a longer term period vis-a-vis -vis where you're looking at you know, short-term impacts and goals and achievements. I have an ominous sense that there are selfish, I think for lack of a better term, selfish interests that are circling about the internet, you know, as it were, positioning themselves to exploit it for, for their own purposes and gains. I think of commercial interests, you know, who aren't invested in perhaps the democratization potential of the internet being, you know, realized in its full glory, if that's even possible still. Um, I think of policymakers and governors who, who are running countries right now and keen to consolidate power, political power. I think of the foreign aid fraternity that, quite frankly, aren't exactly plotting their own demise. <laughs> <laughs> I think of so many interests that are circling around the internet and the emerging story around how Africa is going to take to it. Uh, and I feel like the internet as this beautiful ideal, as this beautiful imaginary, 
is under threat if not already dead. What do you make of, of that assertion? So um, the important points and factors to uh, bear into mind in every um, aspect of the internet is that it was founded based on key principles. And these principles are open, transparent, and interoperability. So given those fundamental principles, if we don't uphold them, if we end up being locked into one particular world garden, if we could say by one particular vendor, for instance. One big blue room. Yes. Um, what happens? If everybody who cannot afford that vendor, what happens? Everybody who is outside that wall, what happens? We start segregating and separating uptake of what the internet is. And it ceases being what it is, which is a universally... Uh, uh, resource that anybody regardless of where they are can actually come in and participate and that promotes one key thing about the internet which is permissionless innovation because it's open it's interoperable um, you know uh, it's transparent it means I have the power on the edge for me to be able to be a creator I don't need permission to create something on the internet but once it starts being walled out it means the person who built the wall has to give me permission to be innovative or have to be inside that wall to be able to, to, to come up with something creative. And that's where we will lose the actual full potential of the internet by letting these other forces take control. So the goal is to uphold and protect these founding principles of the internet which allow for in, uh, permissionless innovation. I think the great irony is that you've got I alluded to Facebook quite shamelessly when I said the Blue Room comment. Um, you've got organizations like Facebook and others. I mention them quite often just because they're just the biggest out there. I think they're the biggest culprit. They're by no means the only, um, to my mind. But you've got them on one hand being proponents for uh, uh, net neutrality and internet as a right. You know, on one hand, they're happy to preach that message. On the other hand, to promote interests that go directly against you know, those ideals. Um, I have a thesis that I'd like to close with as a final question. I, I want to propose to you and then just get your sense on it. Having listened to, be, attended a recent conference, a media conference, a, a pretty prominent individual from the human rights NPO fraternity spoke and gave the impression that the only people who could be trusted in today's day and age are his organization, he himself, of course, he, he referenced Julian Assange, the, the New York Times, everyone else. Don't, I mean, everyone else has lost the plot, the, you know, questionable integrity, everyone else but him. You know. He'll argue perhaps that that's not what he meant in his statements, etc. Fair enough. Um, Eric Mugendi, your, your countryman, um, editor at uh, Pesacek, was on the show some weeks ago prior to the election discussing the impact of fake news on the election. Um, perhaps it's an ongoing conversation <laughs> given how you have another one coming. So, um, but in the context of where the internet is this, as, as a knife that cuts both ways in terms of good and bad. Um, it looks like the world is looking to appoint arbiters um, and, and is keenly appointing Silicon Valley tech firms, certain governments, certain key individuals, certain whistleblowers, certain NPOs, perhaps even organizations like yours to speak on our behalf. My thesis is that no one can be trusted and I, I feel that the sooner we as global citizens, African citizens, start to appreciate our role in 
in becoming masterful at, at discerning what's best for ourselves vis-a-vis the internet, the better we'll all be. What do you make of that assertion? And perhaps in answering that question, give me a sense of where the internet society sees itself in the scheme of um, entities that seek to contribute positively in this regard. So I'll start by putting in another dimension to that, which is actually being realized today, is that with all this false news and false information coming up, what does it leave users of the internet with? A lot of distrust. And trust is being eroded from the internet. And when there's eroded trust in anything, uptake and usage diminishes. So if you think of Africa, we are not yet at 100% uptake. We're just slightly over 20%. And immediately you have something that discourages people from using this amazing resource. So where does that leave us? And and that's a, a, a critical question which we need to ask ourselves. So we cannot really leave it to individual users to be designing. Because what's designing? You know, um, is it based on your bias? So it's a question of looking at this from a more collaborative approach towards issues related to security, towards how we uh, information comes online, so that all entities involved, all stakeholders involved, know that they actually have a role to play in addressing some of these negative issues that are, are, are coming onto the internet. So yes, fake news is a big thing, but hey, it's just the issue of today. It's not the only. So next year, something else will come with neg- equally negative effects. So it has to be a collaborative effort with the, for all the stakeholders, users included, to come up with solutions that will help, uh, you know, sort of clear path or a path in terms of how we can address some of these challenges. Because the internet, in as much as it has positives, will always have challenges and negatives. And we have to do this collaboratively to find solutions. Does the Internet Society have a black book of preferred (laughs) collaborators? Actually, no. Um, Collaborators are all the stakeholders. So, uh, you know, we know Facebook, for instance, is doing something and we welcome that uh, because, you know, trying to to, to make get rid of uh, uh, false news on, on their platform is a responsibility for them because it discredits their platform. So them taking a leadership uh, uh, you know, role in, in trying to make sure that only credible information gets on there um, is important because it builds on trust. And, and everybody else has a role to play, um, not only internet organizations, but all the other stakeholders that have a, a, a stake on, the, on that resource. Wow, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for having me.